Here's what it means. Here's what Thanksgiving means. In everything, recognize the good grace of God. Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. If you listened to our last quick reminder, you may remember that I said that our next regular episode would be a devotion led by Kevin Martin. But we're going to make a slight adjustment and save that episode for a couple of more weeks. Our international listeners may or may not know that we here in the United States will be celebrating Thanksgiving next Thursday. It's a busy time for us here at His Hill in that we host an annual Thanksgiving conference every year. As a matter of fact, if you are living in the local area or happen to be visiting locally for the holiday next week, you're more than welcome to sit in on the sessions. For more information on that, just check us out online at hishill.org or give us a call at 830-995-3388. So, in preparation for the holiday, I've asked Bill Bushhouse, whom you've heard several times on the His Hill podcast, to lead us in a series on the topic of Thanksgiving, to which he has graciously agreed to do so. So, with that being said, I'll stop talking and let Bill lead us with the first of a two-part series. Here's Bill. Okay, good morning, everybody. Good afternoon, wherever you are. I'm glad to be back here with uh, Kelly for the, another episode of the uh, His Hill podcast. We're preparing a few things for the Thanksgiving season. And um, so with that, let's, let's just dig right into it. Um, maybe I can start with a story. Uh, a couple weeks ago, a neighbor of ours came over and asked my wife if she would make some uh, reupholstered covers for her daughter's couch at college for the home she lives in at, the, at Texas A&M. And my wife said, sure, she'd be happy to do it. So the, the neighbor provided the cloth, and Ellen made the um, cushion covers, sent them back. But last week, we got a thank you letter in the mail. And we were so thrilled that we got a thank you letter. <laughs> because uh, it's sad to say we are pretty much a thankless people. Uh, we receive things. We may at the moment, at the second we receive them, and to some extent we're happy or we're thankful, but we don't express that. We don't continue in a thankful uh, attitude. It's funny because Ellen said, I wonder if her mother made her write that because <laughs> it's just so rare. But I said, no, I don't think so. I don't think uh, she did. Now and then, every now and then, I'll get a thank you note from a student at his hill. And it, it makes you feel so good when you're thanked. But let's turn our thoughts to God, being thankful to God. I'm not convinced if it's a beneficial thing or a hindrance to have a season that we call Thanksgiving. The beneficial part is that it, it does draw our attention to being thankful but the negative part would be, it's a, we would say, well, okay, we've done that part of the year now. <laughs> let's, con let's continue on. We've sung our Thanksgiving songs and eaten our Thanksgiving uh, dinner and watched our Thanksgiving uh, football. Uh, and then we move on. I guess for y'all in Canada, you've already had your Thanksgiving by the time you've heard this. So 
we're a little late. But what I'd like to do uh, in these couple of uh, podcasts here, I want to start with a definition. I'm going to be going all over, so follow me if you can. But I'd like to start with a uh, definition. And I think you're probably familiar with First uh, Thessalonians 5.18, probably you know, one of those verses your, your mother made you memorize when you were a child. And, and it's, it says this. I'm just going to turn there. Give me a second. I'm going to f- flip open my Bible. I'm going to turn to uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Here it is. Ready? In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. There you go. You got the command and the rationale for the command. In everything... Give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ. You know, people come up to staff members at the Hill, up to your pastors, and say, I want to know God's will for me. Well, here's here's God's will. Uh, Be thankful. Be a thankful person. But we don't have the definition quite yet in that verse. Um, But we have it in the Greek. That word, and you will know this word because you've heard it other places, that Greek word that is most often translated thanks or thanksgiving is eucharisto, eucharist, the eucharist. What does that, that helps, Bill. (laughs) What does eucharisto mean? Eucharisto is from the Greek word, you'll hear it in there, eucharis, charis which is our Greek word for grace, grace. I'm on a little forum where there's uh, people from all over the world. It's an internet forum, and they're asking, you know, there's atheists asking Christians questions, there's Christians asking Muslims questions, and there's everything in between. But they, you know, one passage that uh, people for some reason know is this one, in everything, oh, do I have, do I have to thank God, you know, if my child gets you know, killed in a drive-by shooting, on and on, the questions. Let's look at the passage and answer that and define our word. In everything, eucharisto. In everything, here's what it means. Here's what thanksgiving means. In everything, recognize the good grace of God. Let me repeat that. In everything, recognize the good grace grace of God. So, Lord forbid, but if I had a child who died like that, it would be horrible. We would be broken. I particularly don't think I could thank him for it, but I could thank him for his good grace that he's going to care for that child that was taken. I want to thank him for his good grace that he's made a plan of salvation to overcome death. I want to thank him for his good grace that I live in a country, or at least in a state, that apprehends uh, criminals like that. See, I can recognize his good grace in, in every situation, no matter how hard it is, and I can say right here, what I'm experiencing is the grace and kindness of God in my life. So let me expand that definition using our Eucharisto. Oh, by the way, the word thanks be to God, the phrase thanks be to God, it's just the charis, charis, grace. 
be ascribed to God. Right? If something good happens, oh, may grace be ascribed to God. It is because of God's grace. It is because of His goodness. Everything I am, have, or ever will be is a kind expression of His love. So here's here's my expanded uh, definition of, of thanksgiving. And it's a verbal and behavioral expression of an internal heart of gratitude. Let me repeat that. It's a verbal and behavioral expression of an internal heart of gratitude. The internal heart of gratitude is a quality of being thankful, right? It's, it's inside. And I think my verbal expressions are phony, and uh, my Thanksgiving meals are phony. If really in my heart, I'm not a thankful person, right? We sing the song, Come ye thankful people, come. So this verbal and behavioral expression, uh, it's seen throughout Scripture. We can see it in many places. I want you to turn, if you have your Bibles there, I want you to turn first to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. I'm going to find it here, so it's going to take me just a minute. Luke chapter 17, and I think you'll be familiar with this story. Um, And I'm going to begin reading in verse 11. And it came about, while he was on his way to Jerusalem, that he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a certain village, ten leprous men, who stood at a distance, met him. They raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And it came about that as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, Were not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who turned back to give glory to God except this foreigner? End of passage. One in ten. I'm not going to make a dogmatic absolute here, but that's a pretty small percentage, isn't it? One in ten. You uh, shoot like that in basketball, and you'll never make a team. You hit like that in baseball, you'll never make a team. You complete 10% of your passage, you'll never be a a quarterback in high school or anywhere. 10% is pretty low. One out of 10 returned to give thanks. Now let's look at this. There's two phrases that are somewhat conjoined in the passage, and that is uh, this, to give glory to God. He turned back glorifying God, right? Glorifying God fell at his feet, fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him, right? So giving thanks is an expression of glorifying God, isn't it? It's, it's saying, God, what this Samaritan did is he fell at the feet of Jesus and he says, I recognize who you are, right? I'm glorifying God. I'm falling at your feet. And I'm saying what happened to me was because, solely because, of your loving kindness, your grace to me. 
right? The Eucharist, the giving of thanks. He fell at his feet giving thanks. So the, it's, it's somewhat of a sad passage, isn't it? That only one in ten uh, give thanks. Um, I don't know, probably some of you listening are already you know, old enough. You're married and you have your own children, or, and you, or maybe you have nieces and nephews. And have you ever been to a Christmas celebration or a birthday celebration for your niece or nephew or son or daughter? And, uh, you know, there's packages galore, uh, and they're going through the package. They open one that, let's say, you have given, and you're, you're sort of expecting, you know, a smile out of them. Or, and they, they look at it and they say, oh, how, how nice. Set it aside and go to the next one. <laughs> and you pause, and even though we give expecting nothing in return, you, there's something in us that says, wouldn't it have been right for the recipient to pause and say, thank you? We teach our children that, don't we? Say, what do you say? <laughs> you know, thank you. That's <laughs> not from the heart, but it's good for them to know that they ought, there ought to be at least, at the very least, a verbal expression of this um, attitude in your heart. This attitude of gratitude, I think Bob Hobson used to call it, that's in your heart. So these, this one in ten, only one of them returned to give thanks. So that's a little example of that uh, definition that I've given you. Um, let's see if we have enough time for another passage here. Let's, um, yeah, I'm looking through my notes. Let's turn to uh, Psalm 107, one of my favorite psalms. Psalm 107. It's in the Old Testament, for y'all have forgotten. Psalm 107. This is one of my favorite psalms because uh, it's it's got real distinct stanzas, you know, or we would say in church circles, verse, you know. Okay, let's sing verses 1, 2, and 4. Verse 3 always gets left out. I'm not sure why. But this is a great song about thanksgiving and why and under various circumstances. And the song, the psalm, has... Let's see, I've, I've marked it here in my Bible. At least, at least four distinct stanzas and, uh, and, a, and a summation of it. And uh, what I'd like to do, rather than rush through this, I want to take a little bit of time and go through it, okay? Good and slowly. Remember our definition. Remember our definition. A verbal and behavioral expression of gratitude, right? Of gratitude, of a heart-centered Gratitude. The psalm starts like this. It starts with a command. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, and then it gives a reason to give thanks, for he is good. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. How often is the Lord good? Well, the Lord is always good. So therefore, we are always thankful. We are always thankful. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his loving kindness is everlasting. I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I know this word is chesed. 
in the in the Hebrew, loving kindness. But for me, it's the Old Testament equivalent of grace, the loving kindness of God freely given. His loving kindness is everlasting. I could say his goodness is everlasting. And I should say our thanks should likewise be everlasting. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Right? That's the verbal expression. It's the verbal expression. Uh, something happens to me now and then, not, not too often, that a person will say, um, for example, uh, recently, someone, a young person, said, how long have you been married? And I said, uh, 41 years. And they said, oh my. They said, how, did, how do you make a marriage last 41 years? And I had to answer truthfully. I said, it's only because of the goodness of God. The goodness of God in our lives. That's it. And that that goodness, I believe, we've been good stewards of that. Does that make sense? In other words, God's goods to everybody. God is good to everybody. Why doesn't their marriage last? I think that because they're not good stewards of that goodness, that that grace comes, goodness comes, and and we want more, whatever reason it might be. But we have to say that God's loving kindness is everlasting, and let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So verses 1 through 3 is really just the introductory introduction to the uh, psalm, the song, you could call it an overture. Uh, but then beginning in verse 4, uh, we have uh, stanzas, is really what they are. 4 through 9 is the first stanza. It says, they, now this is a specific group of people, a unique group of people, they wandered in the wilderness in the desert region and did not find a way to an inhabited city. They were hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them out of their distress. Let's pause right there because that's going to be a recurrent theme in every, you could call this the title of the psalm almost, because this is going to appear one, it's going to appear in every stanza. There's going to be several things that appear in every stanza, and this is one of them. And look at the, um, forgive the word, but I like it in this sense, the formula. Look at the formula. They cried, he delivered. Right Now that's not difficult, is it? And um, Kelly and I are sitting right here. In my, I have a little office here detached from my house. And so many times I've come out here uh, very downcast, very cold in heart, or discouraged in spirit, and I've cried out to the Lord. I just simply cried out to him. And he always is faithful to deliver me, to restore my soul, to do as he has promised. Nevertheless, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them out of their distresses. He led them by a straight way to go to an inhabited city. So that's what God did when they cried out. So now what should their response be to that? And this is what we're going to find at the end of every stanza in this psalm. Verse 8, Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. Let them give thanks. (laughs) 
let them recognize the good grace of God in everything. Because that's the only thing that brought them out. That's the only thing that got them through. That's the only thing that got them uh, delivered uh, from their trials. He's satisfied the thirsty soul, verse 9, and the hungry he has filled with what is good. Why? Because of his grace. Because of his charis. And thanksgiving, again, is the Eucharist, the giving of thanks, the recognizing of the grace of God. Let's go on to stanza two, and let's see a different group of people. Uh, There were those who dwelt in darkness and in the shadow of death, verse 10. Prisoners in misery and change because they rebel against the word of God. These are the chains that bind us because of sin, I believe. This is the binding of uh, the, the heart and the mind. Um, contrasted with the truth sets free, right? They rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, God, He humbled their heart with labor. They stumbled, and there was none to help. There was none to help. That's where God brings us. And a people kick and try everything. They'll, they'll, they'll try everything to get out of the mess. But there's one way. Look, at it's in verse 13. It's the same phrase. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distress. Do you see it again in verse 13? They cried, he saved. Bill, what does this have to do with thanksgiving? It has everything to do with thanksgiving because it's showing in the psalm that in all circumstances, God is good, God is able to deliver, and God is willing to deliver, and that our response to that deliverance and protection is thanksgiving. It's the only response commanded here. He brought them out of the darkness and the shadow of death and broke their bands apart. So now, wonderful, what ought their response to be? In verse 15, we have... Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness, for his wonders to the sons of men. For he has shattered gates of bronze and cut bars of iron asunder. Let them give thanks. Um, this reminds me of, the, uh, of my favorite hymn, And Can It Be? It's an old one. And the third verse is probably my favorite verse. And, and all of um, Christian music. And it goes something like this. I'm going to paraphrase. It says, Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I rose, the dungeon flamed with light. My change, chains fell off, My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Isn't that great? (laughs) There's the chorus. But this uh, stanza of the psalm reminds me of that, right? Because he has broken asunder the chains that bind, and he's broken asunder uh, gates of bronze. Uh, All the sin that binds us, the prison that seals us up, Okay, the next group of people is I can relate to. 
real easily. Uh, as a Christian, I, th I think stanza two, I relate to when I was a non-believer and him bringing me to himself. Then chapter uh, verse 17, here's another group of people, fools, you know, fools. Fools, because of their rebellious way and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all kinds of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. They abhorred all kinds of food. Simply, it's a reflection that they found out that nothing satisfies, right? Nothing satisfies. You ever been just super downcast, and your, your spouse, your husband or your wife, your mother or dad say, Honey, I've cooked your favorite meal. That's, that's not what you need then, is it? As much as you like it, it's just, it won't do at that time. Uh, I've done foolish things in my life as a Christian. But look what they did. Does God keep us there? No, look, look what it says. Verse 19, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them. Isn't that beautiful? He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So let's go back real quickly to verse 19. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. They cried. He saved. See, my part's easy, isn't it, throughout this? My part is uh, doable. Is, is that permitted? Uh they cried to the Lord, God, I need you. God, I'm, I'm, I just can't escape this. But look at their response. Again, the end of this stanza. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and his wonders to the sons of men. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his work with joyful singing. Well, I'm not going to go through the entire psalm because it's got uh, two more stanzas and a great uh, ending. But you can read those and, and look for that, look for those two phrases. They cried, he delivered, or they cried and he saved. And then this command, let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness. So, this is really just the first part of the definition I gave you, a verbal and behavioral expression. This was the verbal part, right? Oh, give thanks to the Lord, praise him. Just go ahead and sing a song to him. And give thanks to the Lord. But uh, next hour, I think I want to quit here. And next session, I want to talk about the behavioral expression of this internal heart of gratitude. You've been listening to the His Hill Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in with us this week. We are excited to welcome guests to the Hilltop in just five days for our annual Thanksgiving conference. Our speakers this year are Peter Reed and Peter Thomas. Sessions will be available to view online at hishill.org if you are unable to attend in person. Please be praying for this upcoming week that those who come would be refreshed in the Lord and encouraged by the fellowship and time spent in God's Word. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ's alumni. He is worth trusting with everything under the sun and with all that is in your heart. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in with us this week to another episode of the His Hill Podcast. I'm Lizzie, and we'll see you next week.